0: being here at Faith, Hope, Love, and I love all you people that are here. Um, it feels like when I come here, it's home. Yes. Oh, please stretch out your hands and we'll just pray for our speaker today. Excuse We thank you just for Tracy. God, would you just um, you know, give us in our hearts just a clear revelation of you and how to love you and how to love others. Thank you for Tracy and that you would just bless her words in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, just a little introduction about me. My name's Tracy. This is my husband, Mike. Uh, we've been married 30 years this coming October. We have four children that are all adults now, and we have uh, four going on five grandkids. So uh, life seasons change. <laughs> How many you can say yes to that? Um, I would just give a little bit of background to um, to my seasons, I guess. I'm 50 years old, and um, I've always walked with the Lord. My mom has always been in ministry, um, and so that was just part of my life. I was raised in the house of God um, in a Pentecostal church, and so um, that was my roots. And so worship and prayer have been just part of my life, and um met this amazing guy, and we have been raising our kids. and um, when we were younger, God kind of gave us um, kind of a gift when uh, we had it was in between baby two and three. I'll say that. <laughs> and um, we were introduced to a um, like a parenting curriculum and and it just really kind of set our course for how we were going to raise our family and a lot of people know me from ministry which is like 7 days of praise and such but today i felt like the lord wanted me to speak about families and children um and and there's a lot of reasons behind that um but you know i feel like i got confirmation when i was here tuesday night for prayer um when there was the the young adults were here and we were actually praying over long, young lives and young moms single moms and dads and children and I just really feel like God said yes to that. So I'm not really going to talk about seven days of praise or worship or anything, but you know how we raise our families, that's worship unto God, right? And so um, uh, as far as what I've been doing with my, my time, I was a homeschool mom um, since 2001, and uh, God put ministries that involved my children in front of me. Which was uh, a ministry called Jude Alive, and that started in 2004. But also, that's the same year that Seven Days of Praise was kind of kicked off. And so, uh, he kept me in that season of, you know, me trying to grow and also my babies that I was bringing up and those that he put around me. Um, And so, our season of parenting kind of like officially ended in 2021 when our last child moved out of the house. (laughs) and got married. Um, But we have three adult children, I'm sorry, four adult children, three of them are married. And so um, one is yet to be married. But um, we have transitioned into grandparenthood. Because I can't parent my adult children like I did, what we're always, you know, going to be speaking into our children's lives, no matter the age. Um, But we do have responsibilities and scriptures that talks about our grandchildren and the generations that are to come. Hi, Tweet. Sorry, I haven't seen her in a while. Um, so I feel like I'm in this transition season, you know? And so last two or three years, I feel like we've all been in transition. And uh, what happened through 2020 and 21, um, everybody kind of like went a little crazy, right? <laughs> the world. Um, but... Thank God for the faithful house of prayer that's here, and for those of you that have just stayed, stayed the course, and stayed so devoted to the Lord, and you've not flinched. And um, I just, I'm blessed by you. I'm blessed by this house. Um, but you know, as God was, you know, talking to us about our next season of life, He He took us to to build a house, and we have land, and we're like, "What do you want us to do with this, Lord?" And, um, I've just been asking God, you know what's my new role in life and um I'm a registered nurse i I, I should say that I don't work full time, but you know i have a I have a job and but like my life's really been devoted to family and my children and just being a helpmate to mike and and it's just been a very beautiful blessing to have this in my life and to have my children to pour into them and so, in January of this year. Uh, we were at service. We go to Potter's house. And um, when we walked in, there was like a, just an electricity in the atmosphere. You could feel it. And they were doing baptisms. And I just was like, God was just speaking to me. And I had just been asking him, you know, we moved into our house in January. And all I could see leading up to that point was like, there's just going to be people here at our house. We're going to be worshiping. And when I said people, I said that very loosely. Like, I just know our house will be for worship. We moved into this home without our kids. The first house, we moved into it without our children. And it's different. You know, you move, in and you're like, this is so weird. <laughs> you're in a different part of town, and just a lot of things have changed. And and as as I'm sitting in this time of worship with the Lord, He's just start showing me children in our house. And they're not just... My grandchildren—they're other people's kids—and young adults, young families—and um, and he was just like started downloading like pictures in my mind about the importance of the house of God being like our homes and our children feeling the joy of the Lord, the excitement of the Lord at a young age, and not waiting until they're teenagers to expect them to get excited about God where you think that they're understanding it. So Mm -hmm. these little ones that are sitting back here, they have an awareness of the presence of God. They may not have the vocabulary, but that's what parents and grandparents are for, is to instill in them and to impart in them the, the vocabulary, the Word of God. And um And this was like right before the Asbury revivals broke out. And it was just like, and I looked at my husband in this worship service, and I was just like, we're supposed to bring kids into our house, and we're supposed to like train them and let them be in the presence of God. And our children were raised that way. And this world is so crazy. It's so different. And I can't imagine raising little ones right now. It just breaks my heart for all the distractions that we have, that parents are distracted with, and the things that we set before our eyes that you know even those you know that we we love and eat the word and we we're spending time in prayer things can be very distracting away from the importance of the gift that God has given us which is our children he's asking us to look at them again and so you know our children know the lord and um our job now i believe is to ins- ensure that our grandchildren know the lord and the fear of the lord and support them in training up their children. And so I'm really here today to kind of be an encourager um, to you as the body of Christ, and to um, really just kind of like speak about the the priority and the importance that training up your children and your grandchildren, and those around you that God's put in front of you, may not be your biological children or grandchildren, um, to know good from evil. Um, and that we must get back to that garden mentality, okay? In the garden, it was purity. In the garden, there was complete dependency upon the communion with the Father and to introduce them to the Savior. That's our job. Um, That is going to be their best friend, Jesus. And we are to train them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, to discern... um, the snake in the garden, right? To only eat from the tree of life, to eat his word and love his word, and to understand the very real and powerful and just ever presence of God in their lives, and to know their identity in him, and to realize that Jesus is the vine, and that he, um, that they should submit themselves to pruning by the Father. Out of John 15, you know, verse 3 says, um, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. That's in that whole thing when Jesus is talking about being the vine, and and you're going to bear fruit. So who is the fruit of our lives except our children? All right, And I'm speaking to a lot of young adults here. They're not married, like a Daniel and you know, Janine and Weston. And man, you guys' lives are devoted to the Lord. I've never met a group like you, Cindy and Emily. I've never met a group so just happy to to be in this season that you're in. But I really feel like God has had me come today to kind of just say, get ready for the children to come into this house in the season that God is preparing you for. (laughs) And so um, I began to, um, in that that morning, um, I felt so compelled. It was like I was shaking on the inside. I felt like the Lord was like, you know, this is a word for the house, actually. So I got up, and I actually got on the microphone at this church, and I was like, I have got to say what I'm feeling. The Lord is like, bring children into your homes and your communities and your neighborhoods. Let their Let your house be a house where they can come and they can experience some fun with Jesus, right? And feed them a snack or a meal. That house is going to be remembered by them when they're having a tough time, when they're having a day where mom and dad may not be like in the best mood they're going to feel the love of god in their own backyards to the point where eventually their whole households will be saved right you may not be able to reach their moms and their dads but you might be able to reach these children and they can trust you and i just i got up and i said this and i was like and the, where are the church buses i said because when i was little there were just church buses everywhere they'd pick kids up and they'd take them to church and you, know, you don't see that anymore. And I said, but if we would start in our neighborhoods doing what I'm saying, I felt like the Lord was saying for me to just prophesy out and release. I said, you're going to have to bring the church buses back out because you can't fit all these kids in your car you know, to bring them into the house of God. And so I just began to ask the Lord like, how He wanted me to do this. And He was showing me people that was going to be part of it And I just began to remember Bible studies that I was doing with my kids when they were little. And here's one of them. And this one was just this man, his name is David Walters. He's passed away. But like he wrote this like in the 80s or 90s. And it was just a little Bible study for kids. It was called Being a Christian. And he wrote one called The Armor of God. And I just was like, you know, you made it so like real and tangible for these children that they could activate what they were learning. And um, so I started like looking back into this. I mean, gosh, my kids are—my daughter's, our oldest, is twenty, almost twenty-eight years old, and she has three little boys, and um, they're at that age where they're starting to read, and they're hungry. They just want to understand. And she's got scriptures on the wall, like she writes them real big, and she puts them up. She's homeschooling, and and they're learning, and. It's literally changing the heart posture of her oldest who has been a little booger. I'm just going to be real. When his littlest brother, or his youngest next brother came along, he was mean. He was he was jealous. He just wanted attention. He just wanted God, he wanted Mommy and Daddy just to, to pay attention to him again, and we were just like, "My Lord, like what in the world are we going to do with Judah?" His name means praise. <laughs> you know, and honestly, we were just like Megan's just looking at me like, "Mom, what have I done?" So bad. <laughs> this little boy won't listen to me. And she just started cutting away things that she knew were distracting. She turned the TV off. She just said, I just started like turning off everything. She just kind of like sequestered herself in her house through like the winter months and the spring. And she just said, we just started like pouring into our boys in a different way than she was doing. And um, it brought her out of postpartum depression because her youngest was a baby. It brought her into a purpose and a newness of life. And um, it's just like beautiful to see this little boy whose heart is being tenderized by the word of God. And she's, she, when I told her what I was thinking, and I said, I felt like we're supposed to bring kids to our house and have a little boot camp in the woods and, you know, and just let them ex- experience Jesus in a different way outside of the walls of the church and she was like oh i remember that bible study that we did the armor of god and she went out right away and bought this little armor of god suit on amazon and she started doing the bible study with him and stuff and so i started digging into like how god do you want me to do this how do you want us to 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 bring this new season of life into play and you know we were just singing the song and i needed to hear that verse today which was you know just put me anywhere what was that? It's like, put your glory in me. I'll serve anywhere. Just let me see your beauty. Because it's really, really about getting off the stages and getting down where it matters. Um, when children feel that they're not important, they're going to go looking for something. And we can see the suicide rates, and we can see the identity crisis that's going on in the world. And it's so devastatingly sad. And I think about my grandchildren, the world that they're being raised in. And even with the best intentions, your children can walk away from God. But let's do all that we have to get a hold of those little ones now. I feel like there's a prime age for this. I feel like God's been speaking to me. And um, it's like starting at four or five years old, but by the time they're 10, they're 12, it's almost like you've missed this grand opportunity. And so I guess I'm here today just to encourage you. And I want to read a quote from the man that wrote this these little Bible study books. And this is out of a a book that he wrote. And it's, you know, it's back in the 80s. I mean, obviously a lot has changed since then, but he just talks a lot in this book about, you know, experiences with children and you know, and getting kids activated in church. And he just said, imagine for a moment a large army of adults standing in ranks prepared for battle. Behind them, looking rather uninvolved and complacent, are a scattered group of children and teenagers. And he wrote this like in the 80s. Although the adults seem ready to fight, the children behind them look totally unprepared and disinterested. And and I just was like, God, that's that's like today, you know, and— Do your children, my question is, is if we're prepared to fight, if we're prepared to see the end times come about the way that we see in scripture, do our children know they have an enemy? Ask, ask your kids, ask your nieces, nephews, friends, neighbors. There is a story of a, of a grown Christian man who I know, and I'm uh, friends with their family and, um. They were his wife was explaining to me how he had been struggling with some anxiety and things um it's something he had dealt with this through his life, but it was like really getting like intense, and she was constantly praying with him and 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 trying to just help him. He would say, "Pray with me, pray with me and and she finally, just after a while, she was like, "Don't believe what the enemy is saying to you and he looked at her and he was like, "What you know, what do you mean by my enemy?" and she was like. You have an enemy. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. He wants to take, you know, your joy. He wants to take your strength. He wants to take your purpose. He wants to take things, you know, that God's blessed you with and he wants to turn them around and make you feel like you're crazy. And if think about the mind games that are being played on the youth and the young adults. I mean, it is real warfare. So do your children know they have an enemy? It was just a moment of sobriety when she said this. This man's in his 60s. And it was almost like he'd been raised in church, but like that wasn't a part of his like focus and I'm not here to say let's go to war. But do your kids have a foundation of Jesus enough to know that there is good and there is evil and and if we give them the gaze of Jesus um they're going to recognize what's not Jesus. They're going to recognize what is the enemy. And they're going to fight and stand against that. So, what we're what we're seeing in the earth is this emergence of just the face of evil because it's not hiding anymore. It is not. Um, it is not trying to hide, and it's after your seed. It is after your children because they are the generation to, yet to be born that will withstand, and they will they will triumph. They will overcome. And so right now, it's like everything's being tied to the norms of the societal you know norms of this age. Um, and what was good before, what was called good is now called evil, and what is called evil is now good. And that, the Bible says in Isaiah 5:20, that woe to those who do this, that sorrow, grief and misery shall be theirs. And so our pastor spoke last week about um, to the fathers, and he was talking about, um, you know, just encouraging fathers and how we are, um, you know, just raising our the, the men of the house, raising your, you know, families, uh, you know, and and the admonition of the Lord, and how important you know your helpmate is, and to pick a godly maid and you know, just be strong in the Lord, be courageous, and at the end, he just said, "I want to bring about something that Jeremiah Johnson put." And he said, it was, a, it was probably like a little post or a blog on social media. He said, we're told to raise our children in the Lord, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. But guess what? That's actually not what it says. Proverbs 22.6 says to train up your children in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There is a major difference between raising your children and training them. The word train means to guide or teach to do something as by subjecting to various exercises or experience. Cindy's just going to pass out like a myriad of scriptures that I want you to go home and be armed with, all about training up your children. And how many times that it talks about the children being in the presence of the reading of the word of God with in the Old Testament, the New Testament. And Jesus doesn't talk a lot about kids in scripture, but when he did, it was power-packed. Because he talked about you know, who's the greatest of these in the kingdom? He talked about the, t- the kids, okay? Let me finish back on training. To control or guide towards a specific goal. To do exercises and prepare for a specific purpose. To improve or curb by subjecting to discipline. To focus or bring to bear on something. And the word in the Strong's Concordance for that, it's number 2596- And it's chanak, I don't know that I'm saying it right, C-H-A-N-A-K, and it means properly to narrow, figuratively to initiate or discipline, to dedicate, to train up. So dedicate also meant a formal opening of a new house, consecrating the temple. So when the Lord is talking about training up your children, He's saying consecrate them Do this on purpose. Carve time out of your week to do this. And we can get so busy with ministry to other people and we neglect the first things first, which is our kids and our spouse at home, okay? And so I'm not here to like say, stop doing that. Figure out where your schedule looks like it's a little unbalanced and ask God to start opening up your heart to spending more time with this. Practically speaking, um, things I've noticed in this season um, is that there are less and less youth that are serving the Lord. How many would you say yes? Okay. We don't give options for not going to school. We don't give options for brushing their teeth or bathing. But kids are seemingly getting passes when they're teenagers to not come to church with their parents could be sports related, it could be they have a job um and we just you know it's just you see less and less kids. So we've been serving in Kids Church recently Mike and I and back in the back with we go to a pretty good sized church. I mean, so you have a lot of children and you have to have an a program of some sort, some kind of um structure to 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 train or to to minister to the children, okay? But the things that I've, I've noticed, and they're not bad things, but it's just things I'm paying attention to now that God's speaking to me about the importance is that the kids are separated from their parents in the corporate times, um, taught by others who are not their parents or their grandparents, right? People who are willing to serve. Um, a lot of the visuals and media, it's very entertaining and laughy and like, you know, it's, it's all about what's on the screen. That's when you get their attention. And when you try to talk to them like this, they're just blah, 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 blah. But they're like gazed on this screen, okay? Um, Church is assuming by default a discipleship of the responsibility of the children because the parents are overwhelmed and struggling at home. Um, Communication is lacking on where families are in their discipling journeys, Um, And I'm also seeing that by the teen years, or I feel like God just kind of spoke this to me, by the teen years, lack of discipleship is most evident as freedoms are sought by teens and parents are, are unable to grant those freedoms because the kids haven't been really raised to have moral compass, to withstand temptation. And so that's when the struggle begins, when the kids are old enough to be like, well, my friends are going to the mall. And then they back talk and then they just start, you know, it's just, it's a roller coaster. So, how do you keep from that happening? I feel like a transition needs to happen and parents must start assuming this role of disciple maker and teacher at home, starting before the age of five and spending your next seven to 10 years building upon these truths. If you think of your children as your five fold ministry, okay, take the gospel to them in an evangelistic way, like it's your first evangelistic outreach. How excited are you when you get to go out and you minister to the people on the streets or wherever it is, right? Um, get excited about Jesus with your kids. Their instruction shouldn't be the time that's left over once you have poured out to everybody else. Um, you get to set the course for their instruction and learning as their apostle to them. You get to Set the foundation. You get to say, You are a Sullivan. And these are the things that the Sullivans believe in and they are. And Mike, we, we did this with our kids when they were little. Um, and Sullivans don't lie. Sullivans don't steal. Sullivans love the Lord and we spend time with Him. I mean, we could write down like a family crest. You know, you do that in school like, what's your little family crest or your identity thing, right? You get to teach them consistently and build on foundations and truths that you're learning yourself. You get to bring it down to their level. You get to speak prophetically to them and pray into their lives. What kind of opportunity do you ever have as an adult in that capacity to speak into someone else's life? Your children are like sponges, and they hang on the words that you say. Um one of the things is that when you speak prophetically to your kids my mom would call out my sin. She did not play patty cake with us at all. If you've ever met my mother seriously. Um and so and then you get to pastor them like the good shepherd. Never leave them to themselves. Till you know that God has given you the permission to say they have they're at the age of accountability. This is the relationship that needs to be built off of trust, not dominion over them, but pastoring them, shepherding their hearts. Um, It's going to take many years and much sacrifice for that to happen. So I feel like the local church can do a better job of equipping parents, giving room for children to be part of corporate times of worship, um, and don't expect them to jump in as teenagers who want to serve if they've never been in the service before? How many churches do that, though? They, I mean, it's, that's the way that it kind of is. And they, it's not because they're doing it like in, in any malintent. Their motive is right. It's just, how do you do all this in a couple hours on a weekend on a Sunday? It's very difficult. Um, Jesus, as a Jewish boy, was at considered mature and at the age of accountability by what age? 12. Do you know many 12-year-olds that know the scriptures like Jesus did? I mean, obviously, he was the word. But think about Jewish, the Jewish faith. They just, That was part of their—I know that there are children that are going to, like Jewish and synagogue, they're going to school Torah, right, on top of their schooling, right? And so they're being asked to do a lot more at home. But those are those formative years that their parents know that they have. Um, and so it's important that you understand there is no junior Holy Spirit in your children. It's not a baby-fied version, okay? It is like there should be, And this time and season of our lives, I mean, we're coming to the end of the ages here, and it talks about in Scripture that um, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Right, and they're going to see visions and dream dreams mm-hmm. and old men, and it goes into this multi generational thing. So, parents, you know, practically speaking, your job is to make your kids understand the message that they have heard at church or in children's church. You can't just get in the car, go home, and go. Well, they had church today. If that's if that's what it is, and and I know this, you know, this house of prayer is a different. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. This is a family, but I guess I'm speaking to those maybe on that camera, that, the video, or those that are going to be having kids. It's like, wherever the Lord leads you, wherever your family will be, know that it's your responsibility. It's not your pastor, your youth pastor, your children's pastor. Model what scripture looks like. When, they, when you have come down, someone in the house is sick. Are you going and saying, kids, let's lay hands on them right now and pray over them? My mom did that. I could never go, never got a sick day. Literally, unless I was vomiting, my mom, I'd be like, Mommy, I don't feel good. She was like, Well, what does the scripture say? She said, Say it right now. By Jesus' stripes, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I am healed. He bore your infirmities and sickness. He bore my infirmities. I mean, I'm like, Lana, she's like, Get up, get dressed. You know, I couldn't miss school. She would not let us let sickness take a hold of us and feel sorry for us. She just, was, she just ate the word all the time. <laughs> Again, unless I had a fever, I was throwing up. <laughs> it was never this, I get to stay home and sleep in. Um, if there's a family in need, are you modeling to your children that you're to be givers to those in those times of needs? We're to bear one another's burdens. Um, integrity. Are you being a good employee? Are you talking bad about your boss and workplace and people at work in front of your kids? Stop. Just don't don't go there. It's not it, your kids will model everything that you do. Reconciliation, are you the first one that goes into those in your life and makes things right? Because if you can't do it, do not expect your child to ever forgive another person that has wronged them. It will be very difficult because what mommy and daddy do, I do. We model that. Um You're going to need to carve out time with your kids to pray with them and pray over them. You need to help your children develop habits of reading the word and don't tell them what they have to read. Let them be, let them let the Holy Spirit guide them and let them tell you what they're reading. Um, Close open doors. This is a big one. Close open doors to the enemy. What TV shows, songs, uh, devices, apps, are you letting your kids have just with no guards whatsoever, or even minimal guards? Are you allowing them to watch things that are just an entrance into the occult or into witchcraft? There were shows I'd never let my kids watch, but all their friends were watching them. And you know how hard it is to say no, and that they can't watch it if they're at their friend's houses? Seriously, there were shows on Disney and on Nickelodeon and stuff, and I just was like, you're not watching You're not watching *Wizardly of Waverly Place*. You're not going to watch *That's So Raven* because she's going into psychic meditations. I mean, people look at me and go, "That's so... that's ridiculous." No, it's not, because you're literally you're making it fun. It's funny. It's comedy. It's a comedy, and and that's how the shows. It's meant to be very palatable for them for them to eat it. Right, and it tastes good, and it's fun, and it's a show, and mommy, everybody else watches it. So my kids probably hated me when I was little, when they were little, but I wouldn't let them do certain things. Um, I believe that my one-and-a-half-year-old grandson knows what Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is on my phone, and he can get on there and try to watch these little shows. Now, I'm not saying Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is bad, but I'm like, He knows how to operate little things. They know how to get into this stuff. So be very careful with what you allow them to to get addicted to little characters, too. Um, Sleepovers and hangouts. How many places was my kids allowed to sleep over when they were little? Like two? People are... You better know who you're letting your kids stay over at. I would just encourage you. And I'm throwing a lot of information at you guys, but... The other thing that parents can do is their speeches, speech and declarations and agreements. And this is important. Words of life and death, they're in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. So discerning words that must be removed from your habitual manner of speaking. Like if we say, I'm so sick of this. Well, don't say that. That's like allowing your... your, your you're opening up your body and your mind to sickness. I mean, I believe what we say. It's formative. It is powerful. Um, or this makes me sick. Let's, let's watch what we're saying. Um, substituting curse words. So you may not say the curse word, but you might say something like an alternative to it. Okay? It's really important that you understand the intention behind what you're saying. Because <laughs> your kids are going to go, Okay, they're going to repeat what you say. Break that habit. Um, and how do you respond to trials and to hard things? Are you responding with scripture? Hopefully, you are. The the other part to it, and I'm, I'm almost done here, is that community is very important. This is your community here. If this is your home church, okay. Um, but you can also have others that go to different, you know, fellowships and things. And they may be in the same season of life as you. So these moms and dads that are back here, there may not be a bunch of people with kids here, but find some families that have like-mindedness and, and make make a community of it so your children have others that they can feel safe with. They are either your community is either gonna build up or tear down that that foundation that you're laying in their kids' lives. So you need to recognize it. If it is your family members and they're tearing down what you're trying to build. You need to limit that amount of time that your kids are spending just without caution to the wind here. Like, well, it's your aunt. You got to stay there. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And your kids might come home and go, I'm having nightmares. Well, what did you guys watch before you went to bed? It could have been like a show you would never let your kids watch. But maybe your brother or sister is fine with it. You know, you've got to be mindful of these things. So find your tribe or create a tribe, okay? Um, That's how we survived those little years with our kids, we had these things that God gave us as gifts, these ministry opportunities, and, and we just found other moms and dads that were like-minded, and we did life together with them. The more hands-on engagement activity you have and create with your kids between that age of 4 to 10 up to 12— that is Christ-centered outside of your weekly corporate gatherings here, the more enhanced that your child's relationship with their Savior is going to be. Training up and discipling your children will help drive out that foolishness that says it's bound up in the heart of the child. And that's in uh, Proverbs 22 and 15. So this is going to undoubtedly involve correction to your kids. Don't be your child's best friend right now. They do not need you to say whatever um, they want to hear because you think that that's going to you know, get you farther later in life. It's not. Our kids now as adults are looking at us and going, thank you for telling us no. Thank you for not letting me have a cell phone until I was 15. Because my daughter, this is my youngest son, she ain't getting one until she's 18. And she is certainly not doing this. <laughs> she's certainly not doing that. So choose your child's friends, I know this is like not popular what I'm saying, but they're going to have probably like-minded parents that you might say, maybe this is our tribe. Maybe this is who we need to be putting around our children. So, there's a few other scriptures I want to note that are not on your sheet. But when you get a chance, look through some of those scriptures because it does talk about like Jesus and, and you know some of the New Testament ones, but most of those are Old Testament. And it talks so much about like the, um, let me just pull one of them out um, and read it to you. Um, In Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So we're talking like, this is like your life. This is not a church service that we're talking about teaching your children in. This is your every day. It's in the car, in the grocery store, every opportunity that you have to explain the why behind what you just told them. There's so many scriptures that I've just listed here where it talks about, and when your child asks you, um, those, those were many of them, it says, um, let me find the other one that it says here. In Joshua 4, 4 through 7, it says, when, um, this is about Joshua taking the, um, the ark across the, uh, the Jordan River, and he says, this will be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come. He's telling you, your children are going to ask you in a time to come. So what are you going to say? Are you going to be prepared? What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them from the waters of the Jordan were cut off from before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Then it crossed over the Jordan. So he, and a lot of times, he's talking to the fathers. Moms are a lot of the child rearing. That's a lot of responsibility. But please, fathers, do not walk away from here today and feel like it, it relieves you of any responsibility. Because when daddy speaks, it's so much more powerful than when mom does. Our kids would just hang on his words because they weren't with him all the time. They were, mom was the discipliner at home and the corrector, but when dad would speak to the kids, it was like they were like just caught up in what he was saying, and they didn't want to disappoint their dad more than they, they were kind of okay with disappointing me at times. But when they disappointed dad by their actions or their behaviors, it it changed the way the conversation went and the discipline. Um And so, if I can go back to the story about what happened in January, so like what God said to me was bring these kids to your house. You guys are going to like meet with these parents, and you know, we're going to do something called Jesus in the Woods. I'm just encouraging you guys today, I guess, by telling you what He's doing in our lives. So, inviting our grandchildren and our close family friends to our home to train them, as, this, as it spoke, to place by training and exercises their gaze on Jesus while making them aware of their enemies so they're not caught off guard. Acts 2.15 says this. I'll leave you guys with these four scriptures. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Matthew 24 and 12. And because lawlessness will—I um, at the wrong word. I'm going to have to go there. <laughs> it said be a void. That is not what it says in Scripture. <laughs> lawlessness is not in a void right now. Um, 24 and 12. I apologize. It probably did like a correction on me. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Second Timothy three thirteen through 17 but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. How many feel the spirit of deception? It's here. We're not waiting on it anymore. It's here. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Who are they talking about? And that from childhood you have known them, the holy scriptures. I think God's, I think they're talking about your parents. Who have you, you can be assured of that who taught you, who better do you trust than your mom and your dad, which are able to, again, I have a wrong, (laughs) <laughs> it's printed out the wrong thing. Um, maybe it's like, make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And I want to read that part again. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And Hebrews 10.25 And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So I really pray that this message is encouraging to you, not like a hard thing, but I really just wanted to practically speak to to those of you who are moms and dads, grandparents, and those that will be one day moms and dads to children. And I just, I really feel like, again, it's kind of like prophetically seeing this here at Faith Hope Love. I truly think that, um, you know, there's coming babies here. There's an opportunity for the Lord to give you guys. You guys have got, you know, a few families that are back here today with us and, um God wants to do something so powerful in this house as an example. Just as you guys are an example to the body of Christ about the importance of setting aside time to come and pray and be together for um, His calling on our lives for the season, pray and worship, um, I think He wants to, to get into these other areas of your life that maybe aren't quite here yet, but setting up the stage and setting it up. And so I want to just if you know you want to look at some of these things I'll set them out in the back a little bit How do you find information about how to like, where do you break the scriptures down into kid-friendly things? Go look for them. I'm just praying that God is starting to release the writings of now writers. Some of these are 20, 30, 40 years old. I bet you can't find many things that are being written about today about children and bringing them up and training them. This one's just that Bible study called Being a Christian, a child's book of character building, like little things you can sit and do with your kids. Um, And then this one is Wise Words for Moms. And it's, you know, like a child's behavior, probing their heart, their reproof, and the the encouragement that you're supposed to give them. And then the verses, and, you know, just all of those things. And so. If we could have Al Weston come up, and I just wanted to sing that song, "Make room," um because I really felt like God wanted um us to make time, make room for the children in this this week's you know the message for today, and um it may not seem like glamorous and um like you're attaining some like ministry um you know, high point and you're, if, if you're, if you're, you know, a, a, not an aspiring, but I should say if you're feeling like God's calling you into the, into the life of ministry and, um, and that you're not going to be like building this massive thing that people can see, but I tell you one thing, it is the most beautiful thing that I have ever seen to watch our grandchildren loving and raising their kids up in Jesus. And they love the Lord. It is a fruit that I never dreamed could taste so good. And their hearts are just, um, they're prepared for what's to come. I really believe that they've, you know, we've been able to have that blessing to pour into our kids. And it's just a, a beautiful thing to see your children. And so I just want to encourage you to lift your hands where you sit and close your eyes and ask God to make room for the children, make time for them. Even if there's none before you right now, just say, God, prepare me at that time to know and to be ready for the most important role that we'll ever have is to raise up and train up our children in the in the way that we they should go and when they're old they won't depart from you Lord